Back to another episode of the Dark Realm Podcast. My name's Matt. And my name is Kyle. What's up, Kyle? What's up, Matt? How's your week going? It's, it's Saturday, so it's over. Oh, well, that's true. It's the last <laughs> day of the week. <laughs> it's going pretty good, though, for me, for what's, what it's worth. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you only yelled at me a little bit one time, kind of, and then you tried to yell at me that you didn't yell at me. Yeah. That was the more confusing part. That's true. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was yelling at me inception. <laughs> Yellception. <laughs> So, what are we talking about today? Uh, you know, I just thought we would just start screaming. Screaming. Oh, wait, no, sorry. You wrote that we're talk. We're still talking about scream. We are. Yes. <laughs> we're doing the rest of the- We're not doing the rest of them. We're doing two more. There's so many of them. We should do this for the, like, the longer film franchises. Let's do like, all of the Halloweens. Individual. That's a, that's a whole That's a whole. Just season. two episodes an episode? There's not or a two movies one, an episode? One movie an episode. That's a whole season of the show. That- then we just become a single horror movie- <laughs> Podcast. We'll be like, yeah, this season of Rum Run or Dark Rum Runners. <laughs> As we found out, though, apparently, one, Jared doesn't like hearing us talk about Scream. Two, we did it for a really long time last week. I must have entered a flow state because I didn't even realize it was that long. I didn't until after we stood up and I went, what? My legs. Uh, anyway, Scream 3 is, well, the first, we're going to talk about Scream 3 and 4 today. And then. Once we're away from like the original kind of scream movies, although four is like in the middle, four is like its own thing. Three, like one through three, are all the same subplot kind of the core trilogy. Four is kind of its own thing, and then five and and six are in their own world too. Four was almost like three was written as a trilogy, right? Like all three of them. So they were, but they um not the third one. The, all right, so <laughs> the third one was originally intended to be the end of it all. Like yes. she leaves the door. Originally, I mean, we're not there yet. We're not. Gonna, we're not there yet. No. I'm not going to jump to the end. No, 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 no. But I hear the thing is, uh, Scream Three was originally written differently. Yeah. Um. So Scream Three came out in 2000. Uh, that's the longest wait between them so far. True. No, that's not. <laughs> well, no. Scream One and Two was one year, wasn't it? Yeah, they were back to back. And then there's a year skipped in this one, but there's a reason for that. Uh, came out in 2000. It uh, had the worst ratings of any of them in the original trilogy. <laughs> I absolutely did not like this movie at all when it I, came out. Same. I hated it. I thought it was stupid. I thought the bad guy was stupid. I, I hated that there was only technically one ghost face. Yes, it's the only time. Technically. Um, but it had a 41% rating on Rotten Tomatoes with 38% rating score from the audience, which that just shows you how much worse it was because normally movies like this like the the critics will give them really bad yeah, scores and the audience, and then the audience score really big ones. yeah uh, and then it has a 5.6 out of 10 stars on imdb so it was not it wasn't doing well it's directed by wes craven again uh but there's a new writer on this one and it it has wes craven kind of cameo and collide Wait. universes from different film franchises I thought kevin williamson wrote all of them in the beginning no, he wrote one, two, and four. He did originally write a three, but there was changes made. Oh. <clears throat> so, um, unlike one and two, Kevin Williamson didn't write the script for this one. He had originally wanted it to be that Stu came back for revenge, 
and there was kind of like a cult of Ghostface fans that came with him. I do remember you mentioned, but this. the script was shot down because it was so close to Columbine. The studio didn't want to make a film about high school killers getting out of jail and going on a killing mm, spree. Okay, wait, the Columbine, Columbine killers, but they're in jail. Not no, dead. they died. Okay, that's but it was just the whole like having that's what I thought school. I got it was you. too close to that kind of tragedy, and you know, in that time period, uh, it, it hit people more than apparently it does now. Um. Because it just happens all the time now. But it also didn't help that Kevin Williamson was busy working on Dawson's Creek. He was working on writing The Faculty. That's and a great movie. He was writing and directing Teaching Mrs. Tingle, which is the only movie he ever directed. Oh. So he was he was busy just working at this point. So instead they brought on Aaron Kruger. Uh, his name is spelt so weird. That I, I keep thinking I want to say it a different way. Yeah, it's like, eh, Ren. Yeah. Um, and he wrote the script with the help of Wes. And I want to say this man was definitely picked because his last name was Kruger. Yeah, right. Wes was like, what? what? He was like, oh, who, sh- who are shit. you? Like, like Freddie? And he was like, no, like, Let me Aaron. see your hand. Let me see your hand. <laughs> the cast for this one was Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, of course. Jamie Kennedy still manages to make yeah, a cameo. He's on a VHS tape. It's got Lee Schreiber, again, he comes back for this one, Kelly Rutherford, Patrick Dempsey, Lance Henriksen, which is awesome, sort of. I mean, I like him, but you he's know, not great in this movie. His character sucks. <laughs> Scott Foley, Lynn McRee, Parker Posey, Jennifer McCarthy, and technically Matthew Lillard, who was hired for the movie but was never in it, and he was even paid for it. Oh, so what, he got paid for his role that was never, that never happened, yeah. that's the, Can I get a bunch of movie roles like that? <laughs> Can I, I just, I don't want to come to it or be in it or anything to deal with that. I'll read your script and then like jury duty when you excuse me the day of. Uh, so scream this, this scream installment. Um, I, for me, this is the most meta one. This one is meta in being meta with yeah. it being meta. It's way like three, like kind of like was meta. Right. But then this is even more. Yeah. So. It takes place on the set of a stab film. Oh, wait, sorry. We're talking about three. We're talking about three. I almost skipped ahead to four again. Yeah. No, four does a whole other thing. But this one's meta in that it's commentating on the movie itself that's being made at this time. Where Scream and Scream 2 commented on like movie genres that were going on. This one does that too. But also, it is literally picking at itself the whole time with some of the things the characters say. And that are literally references to things that are actually going on on the movie set. Yeah, um, it just felt very uh, fourth wally, but not like the audience's fourth wall. It was more like, like kind of like you just said, the things that were were shown were like typical of a movie set. Yeah, but even like things that actually were happening, like because Kevin Williamson wasn't involved, the script I guess wasn't like it was rushed. And then there was a whole lot of rewrites. And some of the rewrites would happen the day it was getting shot. And in the movie, they literally are complaining. There's a point where one of the characters is like, another fucking rewrite? Because the movie is constantly getting rewrites. Oh, yes. How are we supposed to learn our lines if there's a rewrite every 15 minutes? Yeah. So apparently that was actually happening. And sometimes Wes Craven was just making it up on the fly. Including the fact that like... Well, they had multiple scripts to hide the ending after the leaks. Was that this? Because that was Stab 3. I don't know if this one actually did that. Well, scripts, I mean, screen movies in general did it after the leak, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. 
Okay, so then they even referenced that part. Yeah, when they're like, which version of the script does he have? Yeah. <laughs> but um, even even the set pieces, because Wes Craven had Sidney's house rebuilt and Stu Mocker's house rebuilt, right? He didn't know what he was going to do with them until he just decided, like, the scene where Sidney's walking around at the end, like, or not in the end, in her house and stuff like that. The, like the set that was just kind of he was just like oh yeah you know well, i have these i need a reason to use them let's just do that yeah when like when she walks up to the garage recre- uh, recreation where uh nev would have not nev that's her real name what's the act what was uh sydney no um uh rose mcgowan's character oh yeah where she died she walks yes. up to the garage and she has like that really visceral reaction moment yeah but this this one had more humor i think well, it had humor. The other ones didn't really have humor. They were very well, serious. Well, the humor was like in the pres- presentation of it. Yeah, like it movies. wasn't making jokes, but it was done. There was things about it that were kind of silly. Like when Jay and Silent Bob just kind of, that that's the universe I was representing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saying he trained that. Oh, my God. Well, if this Crossovers movie- with. So apparently that means that Scream is in the same universe as- Well. Is it Jay in the same Bob. universe as Jay and Silent Bob, or was that Kevin Smith in character as, you know what I mean? Was, I, was well, that Jason So Mewes Jay and, and Silent Smith? Bob also had Wes Craven then do a cameo on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they do go to a Hollywood tour set like that. So I'm going to say <gasps> that they're in You're the same right, universe. They do. <laughs> oh my God. So that could have been happening while they were running through yeah. on their adventure. <laughs> Okay. There's a fun adventure and a murder adventure happening all at the same time. So does that mean time. in Kevin Smith's universe he doesn't exist? Because Jay, Silent Bob exists at the boardwalk? I think they have some weird... There's some weird stuff with that. I think he does. How could he exist if he's already a character? Because he... How does Ben Affleck's character exist when he's also the bad guy from Mallrats? Oh, yeah. That's true. Good movies. <laughs> But so yeah, there was more more humor in it. Um, I <laughs> there's some I don't think it was intended to be funny, but it definitely was. Like when they get blown up out of the house, yes, and Jennifer's falling down the hill, yelling, "I can't stop rolling down the hill," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was so like you could tell that it was just like superimposed over top. It was like that's not you didn't have to put that there. Yep, and it was like something from like Naked Gun in that scene. <laughs> I definitely, she's so suspicious in that scene too. When they're like, talking about like after they all split up, they're like, "How did you get over there?" No, that's not Jennifer. That is someone else. Jennifer is the other girl that is Dewey's love interest. Oh, that's oh, that's fake Gail. Fake Gail, not not the girl who was like, "I didn't sleep with that pig to die with you, be actors." So you know why she was so suspicious throughout the whole movie? Why? Because originally she was intended to be a second ghost face. Yeah, and you can really tell. Yeah, no, like it's like they left everything in there, and then at the end they're just like, "What if we don't?" Yeah, they like changed it midway through. Yeah, because from okay, so she's stealing ghost face memorabilia, quote unquote, stealing it. Yep. And she's in the bathroom in black boots, standing on the toilet, so reminiscent of like this bathroom scene in mm-hmm. scene one. Well, and and her showing up from the wrong direction. Her uh, showing up from the wrong directions. Like Ghostface legitimately teleports in this one if that's the case, because there's times where he's like at the top of stairs and also at the bottom of the stairs somehow. Yep. Or he does like that backwards roll up from like being on the ground when he takes some bullets and then all of a sudden he's out the door and the door never opened. Yeah. 
So uh, Ghostface had magic powers in this one, but I guess that does get referenced, sort of, doesn't it? That he's not the same, and he's he's more. Mystical. All the rules are out of the book. <laughs> he's indestructible. You, you gotta, can't stab him. You can't shoot him. You gotta cryo-freeze his head. Yeah, yeah. You gotta decapitate him. Other than the the commentary on it making fun of itself, though, it's kind of making fun of Hollywood as a whole. Well, not making fun of, but it's making commentary about things that were happening in the Hollywood, uh, I guess, social circles or deep dark closets or whatever i mean yeah to put it easily this is a weinstein production <laughs> it's a weinstein production and they still managed to kind of like jab at the idea that film producers will um like force sexual favors to get into a film yeah do you think he put it in there or allowed it to be in there because he's like hmm, they'll never think it's me if i let this or is he just so brazen that he's like, they, they'll they know it's me and there's nothing they can do about it? It could be that or it could be that he was just like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a long running thing that's been going on forever. Like everybody knows about it type deals, you know, because I think this isn't the first time that that's been brought up that like in Hollywood, that's what it's like. And the fact that in the movie itself, it references that it was happening in the 70s. So it's always been like that. It's a problem. I think that's the real problem with it. It's just strange that someone who was actively doing it. And I know that there was like something with him and Rose McGowan. Was that for the first scream? Mm, I don't know. I actually research that. Cause if that's the case, then that's even more of a, like, look at this kind of moment. It's kind of like, uh, how eyes wide shut was supposed to be the reason that the director died right after that. Oh, I can't think of his name now. It's important. He's a big drag guy, director guy. Um, they said that he got murdered because he was giving people too much of a realistic view of what things actually happen in behind closed doors in Hollywood. Mm. Like that's like a real culty thing that happens. Somebody it's like a, a bumped myth. off. Yeah, it was like a myth about some Illuminati stuff there. Illuminati. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> Triangles. Illuminati. <laughs> you, ever play, you ever hear of the MMO Secret World? I don't think it. I think it's the servers closed down. I was Illuminati. You were Illuminati in the world in the game. Or? Yeah, the the three factions were like there was like this like Japanese card like like syndic- crime syndicate. There was this holier than thou religious sect, or there was the Illuminati. Nice. And they were their color was blue, so I was like, I like blue. But this movie, <laughs> just pick blue. A Illuminati. That is why I'm the blue team in Pokemon Go. Um, I'm the yellow team because they were like instinct. And I was like, I've never thought through anything in my life. <laughs> this movie rewrites kind of the original plot. Um, instead of Sydney's mom being murdered because she's cheating on her husband, she's murdered because she's cheating on her husband. And also she has a secret from her past life in Hollywood. Oh yeah, so it wasn't that it wasn't that the story was like the reason was rewritten. It's that the reason was fully revealed. Fully revealed. You know, who knows if they ever had this actually written, or if they just added on. They were like, "J.K., we didn't tell you the whole truth." Honestly, it probably wasn't considering the original trilogy. I told you there was a completely different script that yeah. got scrapped. A lot of shows, though, too. Right when they start off, they have no main plot. They just added in later. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them do. I wasn't aware of this. I don't think I watched those because that would be weird. And I'm not a fan of Seinfeld. 
What? I didn't say Seinfeld. I said some shows. I'm just saying that's a show that doesn't have a plot. Oh, well, I don't like <laughs> But Se- the plot is that it doesn't have a plot. I don't like Seinfeld in general. I know it's like an acclaimed show. I just never really thought it was good. But the sexual abuse that happens in Hollywood is a direct result to why Sydney's mom gets murdered yeah. in the end. Uh, because, uh, oh man, what is his name now? I have it written down somewhere, but I don't remember. The, the producer's name. Is it Martin? Milton. Milton. Milton used to have these parties where he would bring Hollywood actresses to, um, I guess, bid with big Hollywood producers and directors and stuff on on getting parts. They were networking parties. What do networking you mean? Networking parties, What was yes. wrong with it? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> anyway, so the film opens up, and instead of the traditional kind of like cold open the, from the original screams where, you know, there's just some girl and she gets murdered and she's not an important character and it's whatever. In this one, Cotton's on his way home from his job. He's now a famous, uh, like Jerry Springer type show, talk show host called on, on a show called a hundred percent con, which I love. That's a great title. If, if my name was con, name. I would do that. Yeah. Um, and the killer calls him with the ultimate in voice changer technology pretending to be a woman who obsessed fan with him. And then he reveals that he's ghost face by changing his voice to ghost face and that he's standing outside his girlfriend's bathroom door while she's in the shower. And then shows us him looking at her still talking. And I was like, how does she not hear him? Yeah, they did. Um, I will say for horror movies, that was the, that that's the most naked human body we've seen. For, oh yeah, for Scream. For Scream being yeah. horror movies. Yeah, it's that was always one of those weird ones. I don't know. I guess I think it's too triple A. I think it's yeah, maybe. It's too triple A for the like gratuitous horror boob. That might have been what it is. They had too many big actresses. Like this one's almost an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many big names in it. <clears throat> but I guess the other ones technically were too. Like Tori Spelling and stuff. Like they they had bit parts, but there's big name actors in the stab movie franchise which yeah well, are no longer in them it's no longer david schwimmer and tori spelling they've been replaced and by the new actors in this movie filming stab three stab two is skipped over it's probably about the windsor college murders though wait well stab two technically wouldn't we have seen that in the beginning a stab three? no mm, they didn't show any stabs in three. Oh, they didn't and no. we only saw the first stab movie in, in stab scream one. two yeah, and scream two and then stab wow so we never three. saw stab two yeah huh i never put that together <laughs> yeah it starts off with stab three so stab three is a completely fictionalized account then that's what that means <clears throat> the well, film they say what, what was it said the beginning of four actually there they say like the one the first three is based on what actually happened except the third one's not yeah well, they were clearly just referencing the Scream movies. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Anyway, so Cotton then just like commits a whole bunch of like traffic violations in order to rush home. Yo, he straight rams that lady. And he's Multiple like, times. Like, God, I'm I'm like, <laughs> he's like having a conniption. And he finally gets home and Ghostface is somehow, again, world's greatest voice changer technology, Yo, has the- convinced <laughs> Cotton's girlfriend that he is in the house trying to murder her. So Cotton breaks into a door, 
she smashes him in the head with a lamp or something like what what are you doing looking at myself leave me alone keep talking you got podcaster face let's that's just 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 expect that anyway so she knocks him down only to find out that ghost face is now behind her and he, he's like behind you and she doesn't fall for it yeah she should have fell for she it it's all murdered and stuff so a lot of the kills in this one are a lot less bloody and also a lot less violent than the first two mm-hmm. because of the situation with the Columbine incident happening and them wanting to take down how much violence was going to be in a movie that started off about teenage killers. That makes a lot of sense. That's it's why like Kai same- had like like in other ones, someone wearing a sweater similar to Cotton had been stabbed, blood everywhere. Yeah. Cotton had just where the knife was. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Also, there's a lot less blood in a lot of it throughout the rest of the movie. You know, how many times does somebody get shot in the bulletproof vest? A lot. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But come, let's talk about the voice changer thing, though, because you you love this. It's so believable. Oh, yeah. You mean the deep fake voice changer? The they deep have? voice changer that sometimes you don't even need hands for because there's times when his hands are busy and he's talking to people. I know. In person. And you can't tell it's a voice changer. It's like, what the... F- <sighs> but it's even funnier when Gail and Dewey find it, and they're like, he's got our voices. You're like, no, I can hear both your voices in that. They... Well, <laughs> on the phone, a lot of times, you can hear when it's supposed to be Ghostface. Like, the the, act, the character doesn't hear, but you can hear, like, a, an audio distortion in yeah. the line. Oh, I didn't think I noticed that. Um, They definitely give it away. Well, I mean, for us, but that's yeah, supposed yeah. to give it away for us. I, we're supposed to be watching these movies um, with like this intense fourth wall knowledge of what's about to happen and we can't do anything to stop it. And that's something that gets referenced in the movies a lot. Like when Jamie Kennedy is sitting on the couch yelling Jamie behind you while we're all looking like Jamie behind you. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Because he's talking to Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, they, they, I think that's kind of the part of the allure of this is that they, they force you to be an unsuspecting like witness to the crimes. Yeah. But also, you still don't know who Ghostface is. So it's like, you can't help them no matter what. Yeah. And, and we kind of glossed over this after he said her, uh, Cotton's girlfriend was, saw Ghostface. She did. Yeah, she did. She got murdered. Yeah. So did Cotton. Cotton, Cotton they killed off Cotton. So, so first stabbed. The first like main character in a cold open to die in a screen movie. That's true. Again, he wasn't like a main character. In, but in two, he was. In, he had a big role. That's in true. That's true. In two, he stopped the killer. Until he stopped the killer. And then we find out, though, Sydney is now working at a women's abuse hotline. And she goes by a new name Can we? that I didn't write down. But also, she's suffering from extreme PTSD. Yeah, but can we just say, how the fuck are you going to call and get a very specific hotline operator? Did you just keep hanging up? No. Okay. So that's why she looks at it and she realizes it's her home line. Oh, it wasn't the... Okay. It wasn't her job line. Oh, okay. She thought it was because she was working, but she didn't realize it was calling from the, her home line. Okay, I thought that meant the call was coming from inside the house. <laughs> He's inside the house. He called her hotline. That's what I thought happened. <laughs> That's really, yeah. Okay, so you just cleared that up for me. I was oh, very yeah. confused. No, I guess he found out what she's going by and how she works, but he still doesn't know where she is. 
because the whole time everybody is trying to get cut uh to get sydney to come back to hollywood not not woodsboro fake woodsboro when did she yell what are you waiting for what movie was that that's two is it two that's the one she's outside and she's like what are you waiting for and then she goes inside and she has a whole fight, and then her boyfriend gets stabbed, and it's not that bad of a stab, so she thinks he did it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's two. I, I I really don't even remember it in Scream. I remember it in Scary Movie, when Sydney's <laughs> like, uh, or Cindy's like spinning on the front grass. Yeah, that would have made more sense for that one, because then it would have been like on the college campus. Sydney doesn't play a big role in this movie for like 45 minutes. Other yeah. than little cameo things. And apparently it's because she was busy working on the film Drowning Mona. And she also had to wear a wig. So she didn't have as much time. And she did all of it in like five days or something. Wait, like that, that wasn't her real hair? No. Oh, I had no idea. No, I know. Because it looked just like the original ones. Well, at least two. Her outfit was also basically the same outfit from two. Hmm. I don't think that was like anything to do with it being rushed. I just like wanted to say that. Yeah, She's no. also still wearing the Greek letters that... um. Her boyfriend from two. Yeah, it shows that she was still like hanging on to that. Well, this one plays like her her mental state plays a huge role in three. Yeah, because not only does she see ghosts and have paranoid delusions and PTSD moments. Oh yeah, she straight at up, home. Yeah, she straight up has hallucinations. Yeah, she straight has hallucinations about her mom with bloody fingers. Like the second time I watched that, because I watched this one a couple times to get ready. Uh, I was like, that's even creepier than it was the first time I went through that. <laughs> Because I didn't realize her fingernails were all bloody. And she looks like something from Sam Raimi. Yeah, I didn't realize it either. That's a good way to put it. But yeah, she's banging on the on the door and she tells Sydney that it's like all her fault or some nonsense. She's, it's, it's... Yeah, well, and the killer's been leaving pictures of her mom on bodies up until this to the point, right? So it's like there's one on cotton freaking her out. Well, she doesn't know about that yet. Dewey and, oh, wait, she didn't. and Gail wait, know about it. Wait, so she's having these hallucinations and she didn't even realize it yet. Yeah, she's just going through PTSD That's because just she just went dinks. through two different like massive trauma fits and they were technically both because people were trying to get revenge on her mom. Yeah. So I can imagine how that would get looped into it. Her dad was also in this one for like a sec. He's like, you got to stop being so locked up in this this house all by yourself. Yeah, and he's, I don't know, he's recovered pretty well after having been... Almost murdered himself. Almost murdered. He didn't get like attacked, attacked though. Sure, he did. He got beat up some. He got hijacked. He got knocked unconscious. Probably got a little bit of brain damage. <laughs> a little bit of brainy D. But uh, because of Cotton's death, Stab Three is on its way to being canceled. Well, yes. actually, that might be how Stab Three and Four is based on true events because I think this one did get canceled. Considering the director got killed and the producer, well, no, the producer got killed and the director was the murderer and he got killed. So I don't think they wrote it. I don't think they finished this one. <laughs> That's probably how that works still. Probably. But because this this is like more meta commentary into like the what's going in society with violence in movies right now. Um, the idea that like somebody would get killed during making a violent movie and then that that violent movie would then be canceled because of it. But this is where we meet Roman and Milton, and we find out the cops have now connected the... Well, in their mind, it's connected to this this filming of this movie right now. 
And I just thought it was fun. The best line, one of the best lines in the movie happens at this part when one of the producers asks the police officers if they think that Cotton's death is somehow related to the movie. And the cop looks at him and goes, uh, well, he was starring in a movie called Stab and he got stabbed. (laughs) So, yeah. Yes. (laughs) They were recreating the movie. Well, it's also found out later that the killer is killing them in order that they die. In, in the, the movie. movie. But because there's three scripts, nobody knows who's next. Yeah, they're like, which one does the killer have? That what, <laughs> That scene's too much, though. Oh, you mean when he wrote the fax machine scene? The fax machine scene? It's just, Who would sit so, there and wait for that? I would have right. left. So the killer, like, does he show up? Or what well, gets him scared first? Uh, he kills the bodyguard and cuts the power. Oh, true, 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 true. Do drop. <laughs> The guy who kept calling Dewey. Yeah, Cusco. Yeah. Cusco is the bodyguard. He's like talking shit to Dewey. He's like, listen, you got all stabbed and shit. I have not. One of us does this better. Yeah, then he gets stabbed a lot. <laughs> he gets, no, he doesn't. He gets hit with a frying pan a lot. Oh, that's right. He gets, he gets stabbed, stabbed one once. time. Yeah. They're toning down the violence. He did get frying panned a bunch. Yeah, the frying <laughs> At first, I thought that was a little funny. I'm like, no, they actually did this in like a very realistic way of what would happen if you got like just bonked with a frying pan three times but somehow also after that he manages to stumble ghost open a door because the door just opens he's nowhere near it yet i think Ghostface opened that door you think Ghostface let him in to like, like Ghostface like open the door because he was wandering over well <sighs> do you think Ghostface like helped him up and like pushed him out the door like go ahead walk now i way. wonder because how else would he have done it because he yeah. was pretty fucked up yeah, i forgot about the door opening by itself till you said it and now i 100 percent believe believe it was ghosty did you hear what he says though as he's walking in he's, he's, he says mumbles, do drop yeah do drop and then he falls face first into the ground and then do he feels his pulse and we're like is he dead it is one of this one definitely has the really it has goofy moments that aren't meant to be goofy mm-hmm. or they're meant to be goofy but they're not delivered in a way that would be considered goofy yeah i don't know it's funny though but this whole scene after this, this whole section of the movie is just insanity. Killer cuts the power and he starts sending them one sentence fax machine messages. Yeah, about the <laughs> script. And it's like, and the person who will be say who will be. Oh, we'll oh this is when we realize, though, that he's not reading off a script variant. He's rewriting the script. Yes. He's writing um, the script right there. He for says them. the killer will kill them all except one. He will spare dot dot dot, and then they all run out of the house. And what's uh, what's Pretty Boy's name? Dewey, knock off Dewey. No way, it's not. Oh yeah, yeah, he is playing. He's the guy who's playing, playing Dewey. Dewey. I don't right. know his actual character's name. He'll I want to say, say it's Scott. The he looks one like a Scott. Smells the gas. He does not finish that sentence. He gets all blowed up, but somehow that lighter doesn't light that gas off right away. He has enough time to start to read well, the sense. Well, it's because the gas has to whoosh over to where his fire is, right? You got to connect. The f- gas isn't everywhere right away. It's I don't know. It's mixing and mixing and mixing. I don't know. He's mixing. He's mixing. Would the fax machine set off gas, though? Nah, no sparks. No, but it's like electronics working. Yeah, but no sparks. You need an open arc. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm a science man. You're a computer person, man. That's what you are. I mean, professionally, yes. <laughs> a lot of what Ghostface had been doing, though, in this movie was gaslighting Sydney, though. Mm-hmm. 
because his whole plan was to make her out to be the villain in this one. A lot of the plot in this one comes back in four with trying to stage it that Sydney is the one who did it. And some other stuff that they do is very like it, it calls back to three a lot in four. Aside from the fact that they definitely mention it and then mention that it was something different or like based off true events. So it has to. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I figured out that one. <clears throat> I had another thing that I thought was kind of like a, a reference to three, but then I forgot what it was. Cause you know, this is just kind of a fluid show and we work off stream of consciousness. And even though I have an outline here, I'm just kind of just running around through it. Yeah. Um, but they, this is also where the scene is where they get blown up. They jump down a hill. I had to keep rewinding it because I kept missing what they did to fall down the hill because I didn't understand why. Yeah, I was like, did you get blown up down the hill? Like, no, they jump off this thing. Yeah, to avoid the explosion in the shrapnel. And they're rolling down the hill, and it's all just like goofy slapstick comedy rolling down this hill. And then none of them are that hurt. No, superimposed over it is just, I can't stop rolling down this hill. Dewey is very funny. No, that wasn't him. It was Jeff. Oh, was it? Yeah. And then the girl who's playing Sydney, who I probably should have remembered her name, but I'm bad at remembering names with movie characters, unless I like them. Wait, wasn't that who? Oh, uh, Angelina. Angelina. She, one, she was, was she even at the explosion part? I don't know where she was. Um, She was outside with them, but she got like, she came, after everyone rolled down a hill, she came from a different direction. From the other side of the road. Yeah. And like, maybe she got... She had like soot on her. Maybe she did get blown up or blown back by the blast. It just, but if you got blown back off like a hill like that, you're dead. Did you see anything about like why they didn't make her the second killer? Or were they just decided against it? That I don't know. Because every, I mean, I didn't see, I didn't finish five and there's, I haven't seen six, obviously, but every movie has two, two killers except this two. one. Yeah. Except this is the only one with not two. And well, throughout the whole movie, Angelina is the most suspicious person of all of them. There's not two killers. We'll put an asterisk and we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. It definitely feels like there's two. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wait. No. Are you saying like if we're wrong about one of the other ones? No. I just meant like if like the fact that he he reveals some stuff later about earlier movies. Uh, I guess it's possible that that could come back. By he, you mean Kevin Williamson? Because unfortunately Wes Craven will never make another one. Oh no, I meant the killer in this movie. I didn't, we didn't reveal it yet. So I didn't say the <coughs> name. Oh no, he doesn't say there's two. Oh. I thought I forgot a little bit about it actually. Cause I didn't like this one that much. And for a second, I thought maybe Milton was one, but it turns out that was wrong too. Nope. Yep. No, I really think it should have been Ab- Abigail. <laughs> Angelina. Angelina. I said Abigail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because her whole presence on the movie set is confusing too. Because at one point they say she won some kind of contest to be there. And yeah, then she, she says Milton. she slept with Milton. Yeah. So like. Uh, and then Jennifer was sleeping with Roman. Yes. A bunch. Apparently because they have whole conversations about how it wasn't says, good. Or she something. says, she remind me, remind me not to sleep with him again. <laughs> In front of Dewey. But I guess at this point, Dewey and Gail have kind of reconnected already. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess like it doesn't Cal. matter anymore. She doesn't care at this point because her and Gail, after they got blown up, Dewey checks on Gail first, and then they decide to have a fist fight. And she's like, I'm going to follow you around, Gail, because someone only wants to kill me because they want to kill you. So if they find me, they're going to find you. I love that part. But I also like the part where she punches Dewey, 
Kale punches her oh, and she goes, good. My lawyer loves that. Not as much as I did. <laughs> um, I guess we can get to the part where finally they're brought to the police offices, like the police station. Kincaid is also semi suspicious, but he's suspicious in the way in a screen movie where you're like, Oh, I know he's not going to be one of them. They're setting that one up. Yeah, red herring. Because he's so like demanding of Dewey to give him information that he doesn't need. Like he doesn't need to know where Sydney is. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she. There's nothing to really say that she's connected. She's not connected to the movies. <clears throat> for all they know, this is just a crazy fan. Yeah. And he also takes Dewey's phone for some reason. His, like his cellular, phone, his cellular device. No, it's funny because in uh, Scream Three, it's the first time they just call it a cell phone. Yeah. And then in the middle of this, another funny moment where him and Kincaid are fighting. Kincaid says something. He's like, oh, is that a threat? And then Kincaid says, if I was threatening you, you'd you would know. know. And he goes, is that a threat? Like, he's actually concerned the second time. Yeah, it's so funny. And then Sydney has her Deus Ex Machina kind of moment where she just shows up at the police, the police station while they're fighting about whether or not they're going to give her information to the police officers. Mm-hmm. I cannot wrap my head around how that just works. Like, I know Ghostface caused, called her. And taunted her to come there. But in my mind, that's more reason to not do that. Would you purposefully go into a place where someone's calling you so they can murder you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, right? 100%. You could fly across the country, get out of like hiding, and just come out there and be like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this guy. I'm like, oh, bet. You're you're offering to get all my student loans gone? And this is where Sydney finds out that they're leaving pictures of her mother all around the dead bodies, um, including somehow underneath the car that they get blown up next to. Is that not? I thought that one was a little weird because how would he know where they were going to be? That's true. I didn't think about that. Unless it came out of the house debris, but it was like underneath the truck. Yeah. And I, technically this happened before Sydney came back, but Dewey somehow uh jennifer and the picture of of marine prescott sydney's mom they're standing in the exact same pose and spot so they're able to connect that sydney's mom was in hollywood at some point mm, oh yeah literally the literally same the same exact spot <laughs> it's you could have just like put her like near it or something, like suggest it, but like no, it was an identical photo. And then they all jumped as she must have been doing something in Hollywood because also Gail could not find anything off her guest age of Maureen Prescott in that picture of Maureen in her twenties before she met Sydney's dad. She had before that and after that, but not in that time period. Just the specific two or three year time period she had no idea which leads to the part that you were just talking about about how jennifer was i'm just gonna follow you (laughs) yes that's a good scene and then what do they do they go to the movie archives to see if they can find anything about Sydney's mom. Oh, that was, you're right. Okay, and then Princess the Leia, part. who's not Princess Leia. That was such a good part. She's like, no, I'll just look like her. Yeah. I won't. She, she auditioned, but she didn't fuck George Lucas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, so that woman just looks at Maureen Prescott's picture. She's like, I know every failed actress that's ever been here. 
I know exactly who that person is and takes her, takes them right to renal Reynolds file in my mind. Speaking of that, uh, when Roman was going over his little evil monologue and detailing exactly what happened when he met his mom, I had fully imaged that. And I just realized that wasn't in the movie. There's no flashback of him, like going to her house and knocking on the door and her Mm -mm. shooing him away. Do you have like a vivid image of like what happened there? Because I fully, like, I made up that scene in my head. No, when was happening. walk me through it. Walk so, me through your mind. <laughs> no, he just tells Sydney about how he finally found out who his mother was and how he was born, what he was born from, because he is essentially the product of rape. Mm-hmm. And he tracks down Maureen Prescott now. That's what she's going by now. Well, Knocks. He says at the end, he's like, she shut the door in my face. Told yeah. me I was the son of someone who didn't exist anymore. Because Rena Reynolds was dead. Yeah. She killed her off. So then he was like, that's a good idea. And that's why he came up with his idea to murder her. Oh, because she's, oh yeah, because she changed her name to Maureen. Yeah. And then he it was easy to get Billy in on the job because she was cheating on him or she was sleeping with his dad. So it was easy to convince him to help. I forgot to say about how they brought randy back in this one. Oh, they brought randy's sister shows up uh mid murder spree uh looking for sydney in her trailer right no not she's trailer. In dewey's trailer Sorry, dewey's trailer like she said like she had her own trailer last movie yeah um what? and they she brings a vhs tape the fucking mythical artifact that that is that he filmed while locking his college roommate out to explain how he must be dead 15 minutes and there's new rules to a trilogy if it's not a sequel that's true sydney is now on the table as a victim could be because everyone's on the table for being a victim early original cast can die what is the other ones all bets are off and the past isn't what you think it is. I don't. Yeah. We're going to. No, oh, and yeah, we're going to find something we thought was true will turn out to be a lie. Yeah. Also, is it me or does Dewey get knocked out too much? Oh, all the time. Like in all of the movies, he gets knocked out, but he gets knocked out like three times in this one, including the most epic knife throw ever. Where just the butt of the knife hits okay. him in the forehead can we and he falls ab- down the stairs. There's so much comedy to this one. Can we talk about how the killer should have just murdered him right there? Oh, for he sure. He fell down the steps, pulls out a second knife. He should have just killed him right there. Yeah. They should have already been dead. It's weird that he left them alive to get Sydney there when he had the voice changer. He could have faked every part of this. Yeah. He ha- he has he has God's voice changer. <laughs> He's a full-blown skinwalker, apparently. And for whatever reason, instead, he's like... And he can change his clothes like Clark Kent. Yeah. I love when they find it, though, in the house. They're at Milton's house. So the setup for that is Sydney's at the police station, I guess, being protected and answering questions that she can't answer. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't know her mom very well. Yeah. Even though she lived with her until she was 17 or 18, whatever age she was when that movie took place no she didn't live with her mom that long did she i thought her mom like her mom was abandoned three years before no i didn't see abandoned her oh no her mom only died one year before scream one yeah one year oh you're right it's been four years since her mom oh died. you're right she is only like 16 or 17 in scream no because she went to college next year so she's like 17 or 18 yeah wow you're right so yeah she was around till she was 16 
Minimum, yeah. Huh. No, yeah, but no. Yeah. Um, Dewey gets knocked out all the times. Also, the fact that this movie has both her her ghost images of her mom and the fact that Roman just pretends to be her mom so much. Spoilers. Spoilers for what? This happens in many parts of the movie. This happens before the end of the film. He, he the, She goes to visit the house. We never said who the killer was. That, that's what the spoilers uh, was. I mean, you, you, you could we didn't re- say who Roman is. I said you could retake that line. No. No? No. Fuck it. You're right. You're right. Because we did not give every character in this review a name, <laughs> we did not say who that was. Anyway, so she's she when she's on the set, he shows up in a body bag. Yeah. With the voice changer of her mom. Way, scares the shit out of way her. Way too soon after he was just somewhere else. Yeah. And she falls out of a window. And then he does it again in his at Milton's house. How did he train Which is that unnecessary in that one. So how did he train that voice changer for Maureen's voice? You mean program it? Well, I mean, you train AI. But yeah. So this is an AI, man. This is this is old school voice changer that's just really, really good. We have AI voice changing now, not then. It was the first one. It was a round little box with multiple buttons. Yeah, and and a nice little equalizer display on the front. For a second, I thought maybe his cell phone did it too because he had, when he was going through it, I was like, are those names of the people he wants to call or are those names of the voices he can use when he's on the call? I want to scream where Ghostface is auto-tuned and he's like, <laughs> he's like singing at her. <laughs> My favorite part is when he calls Sydney and this voice changer is so good that Sydney thinks like she's echoes. hearing an echo. Hello? Hello? Who's there? Who's there? Yeah. He somehow does it so well that she's convinced that the phone's just broken. Uh, can you call back? All I can hear is myself. All I can hear is you too, Sydney. Yeah. And then he tricks her into coming to Milton's house by threatening to murder her friends that he should have already just done oh yeah well we did forget to mention that um he got the friends to milton's house by pretending to be sydney yeah well that's why i started to bring it up when i brought said that she was at the police station being protected but we're all over the place true true true. and we're not all over the place because we're at the end we're at the end of scream three and then they find roman dead in the basement remember that part no yeah wait what yeah remember he uh, fakes his death yeah, they went downstairs. They found him with the knife in his guts, and they're this. Oh, this I is, missed that. I wanted to say this after you said they checked the the one guy's pulse and was like, "Is he dead?" Because they check Roman's pulse too, and they're like, "He's dead." So they just not know how to check pulses. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like, "Oh my god, everybody is dead." Let me check. You're dead. <laughs> Are we all dead, or we just not know what we're doing? Dude, you were a police officer. <laughs> Do better. I didn't. I forgot that he was like he faked his death for a second in that one, or in that part. But final confrontation happens. We're in the final, the finale of the movie. It's revealed Roman is the killer. Dun dun dun. Uh, Kincaid comes. He gets himself shot. And he stabbed. Gets himself stabbed again. But, but why, he survives somehow. But why is Roman the killer? Roman is the killer because he is Sydney's illegitimate brother, half brother half-brother who i did mention this sort of to about before mm-hmm. who was born during marine prescott's days as rena reynolds in hollywood and he's the product some, of sexual yeah, assault some random hollywood exec is son hollywood execs son 
And Rena Reynolds gave him up for adoption and went home. And he got mad that he didn't have a mom. So he set it up to kill his mom. And I he don't said, know why he's mad at Sydney because I don't think that it's ever explained. Other than that she got to spend time uh, with her mom. Yeah, he blamed her for taking the life away from him. Oh, he yeah, had. she had the life he should have had. Yeah, because wouldn't he technically, he would be older than her. Yeah. So he's like, I'm the firstborn. I'm the heir to Winterfell. And she legitimately just tells him to stop being a baby. Yeah, she's like, cool story, you bitch. <laughs> like, why don't you just stop being a bitch and just admit you just you keep killing people. You kill people because you kill people. I think that's something like a line she says. Yeah. Um, and then this scene is actually ridiculous and way too drawn out. I can't deny that. Like, I like this one second time around because it's more of a Scooby-Doo kind of thing. Like, I, that's a good way to compare it, right? It's a little Scooby-Dooey. With Gail and Dewey and the rest of the team just running around. Scooby Dooish. Um she's in this secret movie vault room that also has a regular door, so there's no reason for the secret door. Yeah. <laughs> and come Roman confronts her, pretends to be her mom, reveals he's ghostface, then reveals he's ghostface again. <laughs> shows her that he has been wearing a bulletproof vest, which is why he's he's survived getting shot a bunch of times. Yeah, then he shoot sid cindy sydney no he doesn't shoot her yet he this he goes through his whole monologue thing and then they have a fight she doesn't get shot just yet but they have their whole fight finally dewey short circuits the the special locked door somehow putting fucking tweezers in the outlet i was like that's that's some shit right there yeah that and he (laughs) he does get like he gets shocked a little bit maybe that's how his arm got fixed because i don't know if you noticed this but in two, he had a limp and like a gimpy hand. Yeah, that's true. But he only has a, a he only has a bad leg later. Sometimes his <laughs> limp isn't there always. In three, that's fair. It's an off and on limp. Um, it's limpish. But then they still can't get in that door. They have to find a way to break into like the regular door. And Roman, quick thinking, you know, he shoots Sydney, and then he does. She does the classic ghost face move on him. Where he sees her body, turns around, she's gone. Oh, yeah. She's just not on the ground anymore. And then he decides he's going to call her cell phone to reveal where she is, only to find out that she's right behind him with an ice pick. And she stabs the fuck And she calls him first, doesn't she? Oh, that maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, she did. She stabbed his ass with that ice pick and missed his protective thing and stabs him for real. What? Isn't that, isn't that in the second one? Or is it the first one, I mean? That's the first one, where she stabs them with the umbrella. She stabs Billy with the umbrella, and he gets hurt for real. But oh. That was a whole thing. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. I missed, mixed up my facts. I was like, she killed him for real? Like, That's why I haven't seen that actor guy. in anything ever again. Wait, I thought she stabbed him in the back. No, maybe it was just- No, she stabs him in the neck, and then the stomach, and then the heart, because she she holds it while he's in the heart, and then they- she lays down next to him and holds his hand for oh, a while. Oh, yeah. She's like, go to sleep, little. Go to sleep, big brother. She's like, it's okay. It's okay. Mom didn't love you. It's fine. She barely loved me and dad. <laughs> and then Dewey comes in. I originally remembered the movie because I haven't seen it so long that I thought Sydney shot him in the head. But no, because he's super powered in this one. Uh, Dewey and Gail get in. They reunite again. And then Ghostface jumps up. And Dewey shoots the shit out of his bulletproof vest. And somehow it's not affecting him 
in the slightest. He's just like walking forwards while getting shot in the vest. And the whole time, Sydney's screaming, shoot him in the head. Oh, yeah. Shoot him in the head. And then finally, Dewey does, and it's right between the eyes. He was getting... Uh, okay, so no, two movies in a row, Nev Campbell did this. Scott Foley took an injury in the climax when Nev Campbell struck him in the back with an ice pick, making missing the pads she was supposed to stab. The scream of pain is real. Oh, that is three. So she did it in one and three. Yep. <laughs> and in one, the umbrella had a retractable tip, and he, was, and he was wearing a vest to pad it. She missed the vest, so even with the retractable tip, it still hurt like a bitch hitting yeah. him in the flesh. So she actually stabbed him with an ice pick? Yep. Oh. <laughs> she shivved him in the shoulder. How fuck? <laughs> That's a lot. I um in high school I went to pretend to stab Ian in the shoulder with a, a lead pencil cuz you know when there was no lead in it it would retract. Yeah. But it was a pencil I had just found off the ground and the <laughs> and the metal tip was stationary. There was no lead in it which I checked. So when I stabbed him in the shoulder I just stabbed him. I mean, I stabbed you in the hand with a ballpoint pen because I thought that they were round so it wouldn't go through. Yeah, but you also kicked me in the balls through a chair with and just the shock wave. And slit your throat for real with a plastic, plastic knife. knife. Kyle ghost- school gave us way too much Kyle- stuff. Kyle ghost-faced me in a lunchroom cafeteria with a plastic knife. In the early 2000s. In the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the fact that like Ghostface like told Sydney to like because it's tactical Ghostface this time bulletproof vest metal detectors he had her make sure she wasn't wearing a gun but she tricked him she totally had another gun. two guns that was such a good part uh, but it didn't work because she had him he got shot so many times to not die I feel like bulletproof vests have a limit is definitely not <laughs> well, nine if you get shot I'm gonna be honest if you, especially if you're not like a trained person you get shot five times in a bulletproof vest you have no wind in your lungs. Yeah, and your bones are all broken. You got some broken ribs, probably, because it's like a fastball coming in. But so, the end. Milton's dead. Everybody's dead. Sydney just gets to go home. I guess she dates Kincaid for a little bit. It's a little weird and unexplained because they're at her house where she was hiding, not her house or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, and she decides to not close the door. And I'm guessing that means there's really ghosts in Scream now. Oh, yeah. I was like, is this going to be like a setup? Like, is this going to be... Um, or no, she doesn't not close the door. She doesn't lock the door and the door blows itself open. That reminded me a lot of like a Wes Craven type ending where it's all like uh, ethereal like that. Because this one kind of got that at the end. And yeah. then like something happens that shouldn't happen or is like weird. And I was expecting like Ghostface to jump through the door. And it'd be like a dream sequence or something, but it didn't. But it was very nightmare on Elm Streety. That's true. It was like it was like uh, surreal. That's the yes. word. Very Plus, surreal. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that's our review of Scream Three. What do you think of Scream Three now as an adult? Um, I like it a lot better. I put uh, it way down at the bottom. It was above four always. It's still above four, but it was way down at the bottom. Yeah, I. Okay, so Scream Run One is the best. Scream. Yes. Um. I don't like it better than Scream Two. I think they, it, I think it's tied with Two. For I me. yeah, I would put it in the same like kind of like level because I didn't like Two's ending, but the movie overall was good. And this one, the ending is kind of fun, but it's also just the whole movie is like a, a joke of itself, which for a Scream movie fits for it to be so hard on that type of film series. Mm-hmm. 
So the next thing we're going to talk about, though, is Scream 4. <laughs> Scream 4? Let's just roll into it. I never even heard of that. So Scream 4 came out a lot later, and I didn't even... This one, I don't think I knew about when it came out. When Scream 4 came out in 2011, I that's not when I watched it. I watched it when I went on like a Scream movie marathon later yeah, in life. Like I wa- maybe 2018. I watched it years later, and I actually... I must have only ever seen it once, because when I started watching it, I didn't even remember it until a couple scenes jogged my memory. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, because you said you didn't see it. Yeah, I definitely thought I didn't see it. This one, I think, actually has a slightly better score than three. Yeah. But it's still not like a great score on Rotten Tomatoes. It gets a 60% rating with a 56% from the audience and a 6.2 out of 10 stars on IMDb. This is still my least favorite scream, but I did like it better this time than the last time. Something about watching a movie with a more critical eye somehow makes me like them more. Yeah. Which is weird. No, um, me too sometimes. Or maybe it's the going into it being like, I hate this movie, and then just turning that off. Yeah, well, and you get the like, when you're you're really watching it to critique it, you kind of, you're like, oh, I didn't really notice that before. Or you're like, oh, all right, well, this is like actually, this scene sounds dumb, but it's a commentary on blah, blah, blah. Like, Yeah. Well, it also could be the fact that I've only ever watched this one maybe twice. This being like the third time. And that's always a good, like, the, the couple of times into a movie, you really do start to notice things that you never would have noticed before. Also, Kevin Williams is back on this one for the script. And Wes Craven, will, this will be his final movie in the Scream franchise because he passed away in 2015. And they also brought back Red Right Hand, which I don't know if you know, but Scream 3 is the only one it's not in. Oh. They had some copyright issues and they were unable to get it that time. Oh, which like that right there should say it's not a good screen movie because that that song sets up so much of like the feel of the movie for some reason for me. Like I don't like, you know, I know it only comes on like once or twice throughout the film and it's not like it's more of like an introduction or like a, a scene transition type thing. But I don't know. It does a lot for the movie for me, at least. Mm-hmm. We have. The typical three people back in this one, it's Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. At this point, Dewey and Gail are married. There's no, they broke up in between film situation. But in real life, yeah, this is right after they were like starting the process of getting divorced. Yeah, it's the life. first movie they remained, they were a couple in the beginning. Yeah. But the first one they weren't. <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know. I think they got together in the first one. I don't know if they like were together together. Oh, but. true. It has Hayden Pantieri, Emma Roberts, and Hayden Pantieri, but to throw, no, wait, yeah, to throw things back to heroes. She's in that, right? Yeah, she is. Sometimes I mix her up with Brittany Snow. Oh, I don't know who that is. She's in, what's that singing movie? Pitch Perfect. Okay. I trust you. Okay, I guess you don't know. No, no, never Marley Shelton and Rory Culkin is in this one. Yeah, I was going to say Macaulay Culkin's brother, the same one as the roommate in um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Is he always like kind of creepy in everything he's in? He's not creepy in Scott Pilgrim. A little bit. No. It also has, and I know it's not, they're not like anything important in this one, but it's got Anthony Anderson and Adam Brody. And it's funny with Anthony Anderson because he- I love him. Was in multiple of the scary movie movies. He's the one who's like, it's a rat outside and a mouse in the house. <laughs> yeah. 
So he's been doing like movies making fun of Scream this whole time just to finally be in a Scream movie. And I like that. This one, I love the beginning of this one actually though, because I do like the idea of the movie within a movie, but then it goes a little too far. Yeah. Um, and the fact that in the stab movies, they're watching stab movies. That was confusing. Well, it's but I like when they comment in the movie that them watching stab movies in the movie makes no sense. Yep, it's a they have a giant weird meta moment right at the well, beginning. There's three title cards in the beginning of this movie. It's like stab. Okay, we're watching a movie. Stab. Okay, they're watching a movie. Scream four. Yeah, it like it it gives us a lot of cold openings on that one. I and really a lot of first girls. I re- yeah, I really like though that they were like this postmodern meta narrative bullshit's been done already. <laughs> yeah, this one's making fun of the meta movie it's, genre that Scream created. Yeah, it's it it well not making fun, but like it knows that w- what it is yeah. like. It knows what it's become. It also makes commentary on like the social media age because it's like the beginning of it. Like, oh, they're literally referencing just like the the one the one character is live streaming his daily life, and it's a it's a reference to Justin TV, which had just started in this era, and Justin TV was bought out and became Twitch. Yeah, was it? Were you I was talking to, or was it something I was watching where they're like, I didn't even think that kind of streaming technology existed at that time. Um, but yeah, it, did. it really did. Yeah, and it was it was called Justin TV because a, a guy named Justin was live streaming his life, and it eventually became like video games and hanging out. Look at how meta we're getting now. We're not connecting our movie and podcast life to your real life as a Twitch streamer. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I punch underscore underscore. I'll always do that. It's fun. Thanks. My buddy does it when we're playing games offline. <laughs> uh, he'll pretend to he'll change his name to my name and then promote my channel. <laughs> but he's a bigger streamer than I am. And that's, that's awesome, though. He's, he's very funny. There's also this one more than three had an ensemble cast because just the characters that get murdered in the stab films are all like big name actresses like Anna Pacquiao, Pacquiao, Kristen Bell, Kristen Bell. And she's from Michigan where this film was being shot. Yeah, instead of actually being filmed in California, they're in Michigan, but they're back in Windsor. Or not Windsor, Woodsboro. Wood- Woodbury. Woodsboro. No, Woodbury. It's in Woodsboro. Woodsboro? Woodsboro is where What's the screen. Woodbury? Woodbury, never mind. That's from Walking Dead. So yeah, at least I mixed up two of the cities that are mentioned in Scream, because <laughs> Windsor's the cause they're going to. Oh, okay. Oh, oh man. Back to three, though. In the beginning, when she's in there, she has a Windsor collar college flyer for the place she was going to be in and i was like why would you keep that that is a weird souvenir from that life i also like how they mentioned that stab five had time travel because no yeah, which longer is, and it is the worst by far <laughs> no longer are the films based on true events that happen only the first three were and we have figured out how the third one does that because the one that was set up was canceled so i guess gail wrote another book for that one but in this one she is no longer a, a writer. Dewey is a sheriff again, and now well, she's a writer. Sydney's a writer. Uh, she's an aspiring fiction writer now. Oh yeah, she's not a successful writer anymore. But Sydney's a successful writer with her by writing her memoirs on what happened in the Scream franchise. And I'm gonna assume they kind of contradict what Gail's original uh, Woodsboro murder books kind of told. What do you think? Especially the fact that Dewey makes a reference at one point to a page like he did in Scream 2 
but he's happy with what Sydney says about him. Oh, it's definitely a very good like um, reflection of earlier events. They're like good callbacks. This one has a lot of callbacks. Dewey has always been a lover of literature, obviously, (laughs) by his like being able to recall lines and the page numbers. Yeah, I don't I don't think I could ever do that. In fact, even when you and Jared and us were watching those animes and you were like, This is the part where this happens, I'm like I, no, I can't do that for a single TV show. But even all the stuff you you saw, we had to Google what episodes they were. Like yeah. we knew what, what happened, but like I can't tell you what episode. No, like, but like I even still, like if I were to put on an episode, it would take me forever to be like, I remember what happens in this one. Mm-hmm. I don't like memory store that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, well, you can draw and I can't. We have different skills. <laughs> <laughs> wow it's like you gave me a compliment in like a in like a negative way <laughs> i always compliment your art uh no but i mean like it, oh you mean like you i said it i was oh, like are we oh, arguing about this saying, i'm like saying you have a better memory you're saying it's a backhanded compliment <laughs> that's funny uh, but after all the the false openings we finally get to the first real first girls because mm-hmm. there's two it starts off with a double murder, like the first one. Oh, yeah. The girl, first girl, she calls her, we think we get our first real ghost face call, but it's, it's just her friend call. prank. In because, her. We, to show us that everyone has cell phones in this movie. Everybody. And they got apps. That cell phone apps. Cellular devices are not ma- suspicious now. They have cellular devices with cellular apps on them. <laughs> <clears throat> and... It's also a really cool callback to, well, not a cool, but a violent callback to Tatum's death in the first one when Ghostface tries to crush her to death with the garage door. Again, I said out loud, that door would go up. Like, it would stop. <laughs> it doesn't have a sensor it at would, all. Just, yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck's house is that? In 2011, we definitely had sensors yes! on garage doors. That, her, her dad set that garage up and he was like, I don't give a fuck about safety. Nobody's crawling under this house for sure. But they they get killed. That's when the real title card comes up for Scream 4. Um, and we also find out that Woodsboro is pretty much the equivalent to the town that dreaded Sundown, a.k.a. Texarkana um, and the Texarkana murders. What's that? So in Texarkana... I've heard the town that dreaded Sundown. I've heard that before. It's a movie that is based off a real murder that happened in Texarkana, Arkansas. Texarkana is like a is like it's, a, there's a, a twin th- cities. There are twin cities that are Texarkana. There's one in Texas and I think there's one in Arkansas, which makes sense because oh wait, it's, I thought that was just a genre. No, Texarkana is a real it's place. A place? There's real murders that happened there. I thought it was like Texarkana rock, Texarkana food. No, no, it's a place. Um, and there's two of them because they're twin cities. And but in in the one in huh. Arkansas, I believe it was. I think it's Arkansas. Uh, there was an actual bunch of murders at one point people thought this was like the predecessor to the zodiac killer like maybe he started here and then he went there because they were similar like he wore like a bag over his head and stuff but Hmm. years afterwards there was a movie made called the town that dreaded sundown there's also a remake it's kind of terrible but i still watched a little bit the remake also the remake of it also kind of comments on this thing that they do where they have a festival where they go and they watch the movie in the town seems a little fucked up i mean that sounds cool though too and they've been doing it since the victims were still alive like the surviving victims like people got messed up in that right yeah maybe it's a little fucked it's a little fucked just like it's a little fucked in this that they have a a giant stabathon in the middle on the anniversary of the first we can't we can't do that so-and-so just died come on it was our favorite movie (laughs) yeah yeah 
I also think it's funny. So this one is also like a meta commentary on like gore porn movies. And this one is by far the bloodiest of the Scream movies. Oh, yes. I kept wanting to say that every time you said Scream 3 was less bloody, like this one makes up for it. Oh, it does. Uh, and then they reference movies like uh, Saw 4, where the Saw franchise, I guess, I don't know. I didn't see that many of them. Saw kind of started to bleed into this already, I think before 4. But Saul went from like this kind of psychological movie that actually barely had any blood to just being torture porn, just like slow mo fucking barbed wire scenes and like, yeah. but like in Hostel was out around this time. They don't reference that in this movie, but they do reference Saul four. And so like, I, I assume the reason for the level of violence that comes is is a part of that. It's also after. The, the the first victims are killed. We find out they're they're friends of Jill Emma Roberts' character, who is also Sydney's cousin. And Jill and her friend uh, Kirby, who you love, mm-hmm. Kirby, best character. Turns <laughs> out they both end up getting phone calls, don't they, by Ghostface the next day? Yes. It's also kind of funny because I, I feel like it's a fun little giveaway when. Kirby's picking up Jill. She says, I'll only let you in if you promise not to kill me. In the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. Not to give away too much, but that comes back. And uh, (laughs) Gail is finally like, I want to get back to being like an investigative journalist. She's like, I'm in my prime when I'm in someone else's business. And Dewey is back. Come on now. Dewey is a sheriff. He was never a sheriff before. Actually. He likes to, he's a deputy Dewey before. Yeah. He was a deputy. Then he was a retired police officer, you know, cause he was super fucked up for two movies. Then he was sort of a celebrity bodyguard, but not really. No, he was a consultant (laughs) consultant. And then now he's a sheriff again. And he has a deputy who, Gail does not like very much. That's because that deputy wants a piece of that Dewey D. Judy becomes the main character Judy, later. She's Judy, not very much of one in this one, but she does come. Oh, she in another bit. movie? She's in five. Oh, okay. Bit. I didn't, again, I started watching that and then I, did, I didn't finish it. Yeah, I realized uh, that this would be like a 12-hour episode. Two hours is going to be enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is the first time they bring family of Sydney's that's not her dad in. Yeah. Like, I never had any idea that her sister, her, her mom had a sister or anything. Yep. And, like, she even references, like, she's got scars from that. And they're like, no, like, physical knife scars. Well, there was um, there was a lot more deleted scenes with her aunt that got deleted. And that actress was, like, more well-known. So the fact that she was, like, a nobody in the movie didn't make sense without the deleted scenes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know about those. What are the deleted scenes? Um, I didn't actually watch them. I was just reading about them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did they like explain like how she may have been like attacked. Or it was like supposedly face? like more of like her baggage and like like with her sister and stuff. Okay, interesting. But Sydney is on her national tour for her new best-selling yep. book. It is the memoirs of her life on how to be a survivor. She is over her PTSD and ghost hallucinations, and now she is no longer hiding in the shadows, but she is like right at the forefront. Yeah, and she's like next stop on this tour hometown she's like no longer victim sydney but like badass like like how she's final girl sydney now well she's always been final girl yeah but i mean she's she's like fighting back final girl yeah the only thing i can reference are the newer movies that are like that but like this is before those like the new halloween movie Mm -hmm. 
and stuff like that where like now they're fighting back well final girl survives a lot now like they used to just die last that's true they used to die last they used to survive but like super wounded like sydney had been doing and then but they never really fought back they would fight back a little bit we actually didn't mention this but in three she fist fights roman and whoops his ass (laughs) before she kills him like yeah i'm surprised that more of them haven't gotten like training in like fighting and can i say too for this movie it took four movies for somebody to fucking hit Ghostface with a chair I've been screaming, throw a chair at them this whole time. <laughs> he's been hit by so many other things. He's been killed with a TV. He's been hit with vases. Roman got hit with three or four vases. Mm-hmm. And, and a book, also a book cart. A book cart. <laughs> he got hit with a lot of things. But there's this new murder in town. Once again, it is like one of those. Uh, it's happening so close to this. It must be related type deals. And the news reporters are just out the ass on this one. And they all show up at Sydney's house for some reason, or her, her aunt's house, technically. I guess because her cousin is friends with the girl who died, but also because Sydney's staying there. And so it must be related to that, too. Mm-hmm. Do you know that's the same guy in all the movies that plays Joe Ghostface's voice? The voice, yes. And he also never meets any of the cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that like stayed. Like I know we mentioned the file in the first one. He like had a box, but apparently that just that's always. Did, he just does the movies that way. Did you see they were jump scaring actors on set? As, yes, with Ghostface. Yeah, this one it sounds like they had a lot of fun on. <laughs> but they they get the call from it, and everybody calls Sydney the Angel of Death. Like somehow it's her fault that yeah. people want to murder her. It's more fucked up when you find out who's trying to murder her. And then you also kind of get introduced while they're all back at the house, like crazy shit's happening. We're just going to like stay here or whatever. They've already got a police duty thing outside. Yep. Uh, That's where Anthony Anderson and Adam Brody are. It sucks being cops in a movie. But then Deputy Jewy's just hide. Deputy Jewy. Judy. Deputy Judy is just hiding in. I mixed her name and Dewey's yeah. name, and it came out she, real weird. She, uh, they said in the the kill count video, Deputy Judy's standing in the shadows with Pennywise eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "We were in school together. We were in a play together." Yeah, Remember she's definitely me? obsessed with with Sydney. Which and the fact that she wants to fuck Dewey bad. She uh, she didn't say you can have some of my lemon squares. She said eating my you could eat you could eat my lemon square and that's not cheating i'm like mm-hmm, judy it's it's kind of like um another one of the this one's definitely like a red herring with her but she's it kind of sets it up for like how i feel six is going whether it's going to be like a cult of Ghostface, and i feel like she was like an obsessed with the since she lived there and like kind of lived through it since she was a high school student at the time um, she's someone that uh, kind of became obsessed with the ghost face phenomenon, I guess at this point. Yeah. Cause you can't really say it's like the same killers they are all different. So it's like copycat on copycat on copycat. That's like a phenomenon at that point. Oh, I, I forgot. Alison Brie was in this also, uh, the, uh, publicist or the, like, um, the oh, person she fires. I hated her. She's great. <laughs> she's she she was in her second season of community when filming this oh okay now i recognize her i didn't think about it like in that sense 
We also have like a fun conversation though with um Anthony Anthony Aaron Anthony. Why can't I say names today? You know what? A A and A <laughs> B uh because they're outside guarding guarding the house and they have this whole common like conversation about how it sucks to be the cops guarding the house and how you have no chance of surviving how it sucks to be cops in a scary movie anyway mm-hmm. um unless you're bruce willis yeah man fuck bruce willis <clears throat> yeah dude and his death is one of my favorite ones not because it's like violent or anything but it's just fucking crazy he gets stabbed directly in the forehead i don't even know if you can do that yeah that's actually that death is based off a real incident really yeah um I wonder if I could find the exact. But he quote. gets out like alive enough for a little bit. Hello, <laughs> fuck Bruce Willis. If it's the lady who I'm thinking of, there was a woman who was stabbed in the head during. She thought she was being mugged, and she thought she was punched in the head. So after she like had her purse stolen or whatever, she walked to the police station to report her assault, and they were like, "You have a knife in your head." Oh, I've heard that story. I always thought that was like an urban legend. Nope, real, real deal. So. This one has like a faster pace, kind of. I think. Yeah, it once the action starts, it like never stops. Yeah, and it starts right away. So the police officers that are guarding the house, they're murdered. Um, Adam Brody's kind of just boring. He gets stabbed in the back. Later, that says that they got stabbed a lot, but you don't see that. You just see one stab, pretty much each. And then, the most violent scene in the movie happens. Um, Jill gets a phone call from Ghostface, or no. Is it Jill or Kirby? No, it's Jill. And Kirby assumes it's her ex-boyfriend who cheated on her, who gives off a lot of Billy Loomis vibes already in the movie himself. And she answers it, and she's like, tell him to fuck off. She doesn't want to talk to him. And then it's Ghostface. And he tells her he's in the closet. And and he says, right next to you in the closet. And she's, what does he say there? He dares her to open it, right? Yeah. Then he's like, I didn't say it was in your closet. It's like, yeah, bitch, you kind of did. You said I'm right next to you. Like who he was right next to. He was whispering the whole time. Yeah. Because he was was on the phone. You know, what's even funnier. Like if that friend wasn't like, oh no, I don't want to go in your house or your aunt's there. We're all going to get murdered because we're around her. If she didn't have that mentality, she would have survived. And Ghostface would have just been sitting in a closet. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But she didn't, and she went to her own house, and, well, I guess maybe they would have changed the plan, probably, because, you know, people would have been able to communicate what was happening through text messages on their new cell phones. <laughs> their newfangled cellular devices. They might have even had FaceApp, or or MyBook. Um, <clears throat> so, he calls him, he, fi- he jumps out, and he murders like i guess it's supposed to be like emma roberts best friend that's not kirby so violently there is blood covering the walls of that room oh yeah it It was like it was like he sprayed the blood it was like a piranha attack (laughs) it's like it's like the west craven movie where johnny depp gets murdered and then the whole room gets like a bathtub worth of blood spilling in it you know it do you ever do you remember that scene in uh, Nightmare Before Elm Street? I think that was the first one, Nightmare Before Elm Street. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, do you know how they did that? Mm-mm. That was a giant rotating room. Really? Yeah. So they like rotate it was also breaking all like it didn't work that often. But they like filled up a thing with blood and then they turned it upside down and then they just filmed it upside down. Oh, cool. 
so that it would like douse the room like that. That's not what happened here. I think somebody just went in and like just threw blood on everything. And then just I'm just trying to see if you're going to say words. <laughs> I was just waiting for what you were saying. Oh, no. No, I was just saying about how like this one was the most violent scene ever, which opens up the fact that this is definitely like a gore porn version of Scream, which they were kind of commenting on. They also then have the introduction to like the true introduction to Robbie and what's the other one's name? What's that other child's name? It's Robbie and Robbie and friend. Robbie is more important than his friend. Robbie and his friend. Charlie. Really? You're going to help me with that? <laughs> <laughs> I was reading. Sorry. I was got down a rabbit hole. I clicked on. I didn't. It was like based on Danny Rowling. I'm like, who the fuck is Danny Rowling? But that was the Gainesville Ripper's name. Oh, yeah. That's from the original one. From Scream 1. But Robbie and Charlie replace Randy, and we get introduced to that uh to them in the form that Gail befriends them, but in, in an effort to try and get them to work with her so that she can she get into the film crew, find out who the real horror movie nerds are, who's really obsessed with the stab films. And their response is, Well, can you get us an interview with Sydney? Yeah. Womp womp. And then Sydney, I guess, I don't know why you would agree to go do this. Like, go hang out with kids who are literally going to throw a movie about how you were attacked a bunch of times and all your friends died. Mm-hmm. But she does. Also, oh, man, I forgot. There's a reference when she's in the kitchen hanging out with Kirby and them. And Kirby goes, yeah, he called us and he sounded like the voice from the guy from the stab movies. Or your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> Um, so they're, they're there and this is where we get introduced to the new rules to the remake slash, I, what else were they calling it? It's not a remake. They called it a scream. Oh, uh, a squeakquel. Squeakquel. Uh, cause it's not quite a sequel. A it's not quite a remake. A it's a retelling. That's what those are. Yeah. This isn't that though. Cause this is definitely a sequel. Um, where they say this time they set up the new rules for the requel scream cool whatever they call it and the unexpected is now a cliche so it's going to be a very like you should be able to just judge right away who it's going to be um there's not going to be any surprises i didn't really understand what that meant i guess you should be expect everything um the kills are going to be more extreme which they have been Mm -hmm. and the rules are reversed now and basically the only way you can survive a horror film is if you're gay Wait, oh wait, if they're reversed fully, you have to drink and drugs, do drugs and have sex to live. Exactly. You gotta do everything opposite. Yes. All the things from the original ones are bad. Finally, a movie I could survive. Well, I I mean, come on, think about it. In the two thousands, that's when you started getting movies where like the stoner friend, uh like Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. The stoner guy is one of the ones that does make it to the end. Well, and then he makes the entire world uh yeah, I mean, it is Dude. his whole fault that he. Do you he ever hear? The, you ever hear the theory that Cabin in the Woods is the prequel to all the Joss Whedon movies because Earth is destroyed in Firefly? No, I did not. We'll have to talk about that another time <laughs> after our five-hour-long episode. Um, Sydney's publicist. I actually think she deserved to die. That's uh, a harsh. It's a hard take. I know. I know. But I think she did. What is? What's your opinion? 
literally in the middle of a bunch of people being murdered, she's trying to push Sydney to write a new book about what's happening. Did she? Yeah. That's why Sydney fires her. Oh, yeah, because she's all like, oh, my God, we're going to be rich. Yeah, she's like, she loves that this is happening. And then, I forgot, she's actually one of the most violent kills in the movie. Because he, he just stabs her in the stomach. No, he stabs her a bunch and like throws her off a building as a message to Sydney to know oh, that she's not yeah. safe. Oh, yeah. She, he, she, he throws her off of, it wasn't like a building, it was like a water tower. And she lands... In the middle of a news van, in the noodle middle of a giant, like, what do you call those when the, the police are telling everybody what's going on in town? Uh, press release. Press release. And somehow he gets away without ever being spotted. Yeah. They get to the top of that. There's like, there's no one there. Like, wow. Also, there's someone that gets thrown off of something in almost every one of these. Yeah. Or through something. No, always off of something. Um, I don't know about one because I can't think of it right now, but Sarah Michelle Gellar's character gets thrown off a balcony in two. Yeah. Um, Sydney falls out of a window in one, but also someone gets thrown off of a balcony. Oh, no. Uh, Tyson gets thrown off of a balcony in three. Okay. And now this lady's thrown off of a water tower in this one. Somebody always gets thrown off of something. Just like, you know, Ghostface is going to trip and you know, Dewey's going to get knocked out at some point. Yep. And or stabbed in the back. Well, this one has a second throw because in the very beginning, he throws one of the first girls through the window. That's true. He does. Was that in like actual scream or stab verse? No, no. It was in the very beginning. The, the first two girls that are killed. Okay. Oh, yeah. He does throw one of them out of something, doesn't he? Well, he throws her in the window, well, into the house, because she's outside, I guess. What if we say they throw someone out of it? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, because that's it. Anytime Ghostface is off screen doing something of like impeccable strength, it's just the strength of two people. Yeah. Because we're back to two killers. <laughs> uh, but so one of the things that is always like kind of set up for the screen movies is one of the rules is it's always going to happen at a party. And if yeah. they're trying to redo the original, then it's going to happen at a party. And there's like a whole part where they're like talking to the kids and they're like, do you guys know where a party's going to happen? And they're like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of them tonight. But specifically we have a giant secret party that you can't yeah. come to an 11 hour secret party that you can hear the bass music from fucking four blocks away. And all of us are illegally drinking underage. And you can't come. It's an email only kind of invite. It's an evite. They didn't call it that. They were like, you have to fucking have beaten. Neo How does Gail find her way to it? I forgot. Because you need to have beaten Neopets to know the secret code. to get. She's being off Neopets. That's how she got there. No, not. I didn't say off. <laughs> Um, how do how do they find out where it is? They just listen to the music. I'm guessing. I don't. Care. I can't they remember. But she the does smell of drunk teenagers. I guess. But she gets her way to the party. She's as she's setting up a camera. She realizes somebody else has set up cameras because Ghostface is making his own movie in this one. In three, Roman wanted to make a movie about this. In four, they're making a live snuff film. I guess. Yeah, they really are. So at every murder, there's cameras set up now. And they're streaming to it. It's not like it's a... This is like advanced filming technology at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> they were in the future. And this is also the first time that Gail gets stabbed. 
and I had to think about it. She really never got that injured in any of them. Nope. She was held at gunpoint. Everybody else gets fucked up. She was uh, involved in a car accident. I think those were her two. She crashes cars a lot. She crashed car more than once. Wow. Is that like a, you're saying people crash cars more than once? Or is there something about them? Probably shouldn't drive. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, for reals. For reals. If you crash, you should, if you crash three times, you should lose your license. Wow. <laughs> I feel like someone feels attacked. Uh, I didn't think you crashed that many times. I didn't. Or you just talking about in that one time? No, there was three cars that got totaled though. That you person, three cars. That person who opened, yeah, the first car that got totaled. That when the person opened their car door on me, remember? Oh, yeah, that totaled my car too. Oh wow. Yeah, when you buy a cheap car, anything that ruins the paint job totals it. Oh, that's true. Not for Gail though. I don't know. She just crash. She crashes news vans. I don't know if they get totaled or if it's because it's a no. She a work fl- vehicle she flies just out gets- and lands in a field, and <laughs> Ghostface leaves her for dead. Yeah, that happened. But she finds her way to the party. She finally gets stabbed, and she tells Dewey that he's been filming when he's going to do these murders. But for some reason, Ghostface still lets her go. Well, did he let her go, or they like stopped him from killing her? We'll find out later. I'm pretty sure he let her go. And they, so the movie now switches to the after party. It's Kirby, Robbie, Charlie, um, Jill, all at Kirby's house, bring, still watching the movies. And this is where Kirby and like the nerdy guy, Robbie, start to like hit it off, hit it off. And like she had already mentioned how she likes torturing him, but this seemed like it was actually going to go somewhere for once. Like she's like, this is the time you make a move because no one's in the room. And then Jill's boyfriend, who is unwanted, just shows up. And Robbie looks like he's going to cry they, because they, of it. They got like 0.3 seconds of a smooch off. Yeah. They made lip contact, and then he walked in the room. <laughs> Robbie runs off like he's all sad and stuff. And then Kirby just glares like she's going to murder Jill's boyfriend at this point. Well, ex-boyfriend. Because he cheated on her. And that comes back. It's important later. Yeah, it's really the biggest mistake he made in his life, his entire life. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of like the point where Ghostface starts to show up because Jill's upstairs searching for her ex's phone for some reason. No, she's searching for her phone. She's searching for her phone she's because she's missing. like, uh, he shows up and he's like, "Hey, uh, Jill texted me and invited me," and she's like, "No, I didn't." Yeah, so she's searching for her phone. She doesn't find it until suspiciously after Charlie's murdered, right? Who catches Ghostface on film. He films his own murder. He's outside drunk streaming to everybody. Oh, yeah. With the camera backwards. Camera backwards. And he catches Ghostface on the camera before he gets murdered. And his is one of the the weirdest ones, or the saddest ones, because he's like just like this nerdy guy who's just there. Like He wasn't really a part of anything. I don't yeah. feel like in the movie. He just happened to be friends with the wrong people. And Ghostface is like killing him. And he's like, no, wait, 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 wait. You can't kill me. I'm gay. If it helps. If it helps. <laughs> and then he just gets stabbed to death. I think it's because he knew it was lying. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's who it ends up being, he would know, wouldn't he? Yep. And then there's another throwback to the original scream. And I liked this part. I like this part a lot. Um, where Kirby's inside, Robbie's outside trying to get in. And she's like, I can't trust you because Sydney has shown up now. And she's like, if you can't trust him, don't let him in. 
and she just watches him and then he gets attacked by Ghostface. Best, advi- best advice she's given all movie. <laughs> and then she is, he's tied up to a chair, duct taped to it, very similar to how Steve was in Scream 1. And then she gets called and it's the next, this is the only time other than the first one when the game gets played of what's your favorite scary movie. Oh yeah, they talk how much about how they like that and it's literally only the it's only one second time. Yeah. And he's asking her questions. She she does get one wrong, but for some reason this Ghostface lets her get a bonus question. And she just he asks her about like remakes where they and doesn't get a finished sentence before she just starts listing off every remake that had come out in, in the like last the 2000s. Like 10 years, yeah. yeah. And then She's like, is that it? Is that it? And like, Robbie looks around like Ghostface is gone. So she runs out to help him. And he stabs her and screams that he's been in class, like glasses with her for however long. Four years. Like, four years. And she just now fucking notices him. And he genuinely seems hurt, but he's also yeah, a bad guy. Big incel energy. Yeah. And then continuing the throwback to Scream 1 is a, the con- final confrontation in the kitchen two killers a man gets pulled out of the closet guess what it's jill's ex-boyfriend and did you notice he's dressed like sydney's dad in the first movie i didn't notice that denim jacket and everything really yep okay that's why he says remind you of anyone i was just like oh because they pulled a guy out of a closet in the first one yeah no no i I didn't mean the outfit i meant just like the way it happened they're like remember this this happened oh well it's like that too also yeah but yeah he's it's like the the action of it and how he's dressed but essentially, they have the same exact plan that Billy and Stu had, except in this one, Emma Roberts is going to play the character of Sydney at the end. She's just going to get away with it the same way because she's jealous of how much attention her aunts get. Her her aunt gets for going through what she's gone. Her cousin, you mean? Her cousin, yeah. Oh, sorry, there's like such a huge age gap. Yeah, I know. She killed her own mom she to make herself more her. like yeah. Sydney. Yeah. Stabbed her in the back of the head through a door. That scene was through the mail slot. Oh, yeah. Call back to, to two. Except, you know, realistically, stabbing somebody in the head through a door. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then it's actually this sign's this sign's kind of wild. So Robbie's like, all right, yeah, just like Stu, right in the shoulder. Blah blah blah, and she stabs him, and he goes, "That's my heart." Yeah, right <laughs> in the like heart. That. Not how he rehearsed. Yeah, and then she goes, "Yes, yeah, sorry, this is just me." He, the the guy needed a an extra. It has to be two. He's a soul survivor. She's a soul survivor. Oh yeah, she can't get famous and write books without being the soul survivor. And she thinks she's killed Sydney. Oh yeah, well she stabs Sydney twice in the guts, and she fucking she we we see her go down. Yeah, she stabs the crap out of Sydney. It's not the first time that we've seen Sydney get stabbed. No, a bunch. she gets stabbed so much, so much, and then she proceeds to liar, liar herself hard. It's so in the one recap video they say it's a three minute scene. It's three minutes of her of, of her prepping the evidence, dabbing herself, ripping out her hair, scratching herself, breaking then, her face on a picture. Finally, dives through a glass table. And then lays next to her dying aunt and is just like, this is how it was meant to be. And you would think that that's where the movie ends. That's where the movie was supposed to end. It's the really? original ending. The original ending was going to be a cliffhanger with um, 
uh, Jill on the stretcher coming out with all the paparazzi in her face. Oh, yeah. That's cool. But even then, they still follow them to the hospital mm-hmm. where Dewey is talking to Jill and she's like, oh, you know, I just I can't wait to be able to write a book with Gail and then talk about our matching wounds. Our matching wounds. And then Dewey goes in to tell Gail about how how inspiring she is. He also lets her know that Sydney survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she looks so happy. So, so very happy. So excited. Finding out your only family members left. (laughs) And then while Dewey isn't telling Gail this and coming to the realization that she shouldn't know where Gail was stabbed, because Gail has been in the hospital since then. Gail goes, huh? She got stabbed in the shoulder? How does she know? How does she know I got stabbed? So they run out to save Sydney. And in that time, Jill has managed to go and she's gonna kill sydney she don't like suffocate her right i don't know how it starts because i know she has a gun from both strangle of it. her she's yeah she's gonna strangle her she she's like gonna... straddles her and she's like what are you doing alive bitch yeah. know, whatever she says she does another another bad guy monologue and then dewey comes in gets knocked uh, oh, out yeah. again because it's a tradition she came in with a movie quote but i don't remember what movie dewey gets knocked out again traditionally she has his gun now he gets bedpanned bedpanned turns out uh deputy judy not a bad guy like she kind of came off as she's kind of all right jill has gail at gunpoint and judy tackles gail which i was very confused about at first yeah and then jill does she even shoot or she just oh yeah judy gets shot in the shoulder no but i mean like after she does like when she does the tackle does she shoot to shoot gail before it or she just like why she was gonna shoot Gail. She was gonna. But then she didn't shoot during the tackle and then shot Judy for distra- like distracting her. Yeah. Well, no. She, oh, she says something about it because she's just mad that Judy got in the way. Um, damn. Oh, you know what we didn't mention in the third one? That uh, Nev Campbell, uh, Sydney was also wearing a bulletproof vest and she got shot. We said that she got shot, but we never said how she survived That's it. That's true. I was in, She in was wearing thing. the most form-fitting bulletproof vest in history, though. Because you couldn't tell. You can normally see it, but you could for sure see it. But uh Yeah, she Deputy, stole it from the police station before she left. Deputy Judy's wearing a bulletproof vest too. Hell yeah. But she reacts like a real person who gets shot in a bulletproof vest and she is not having a good time. She, yeah, it. she goes down after one bullet and is like, owie. <laughs> but she uh Jill shoots her because she's supposed to throw her gun and then she uh told her something and Jill's like, Don't tell me what the fuck to do. <laughs> and then Jill gets murdered so good. Well, so Jill's death was supposed to also be ambiguous. It still kind of is, but they didn't bring her back, so I'm assuming I mean, she's there's dead. There's one more movie, right? There's another another movie. Yeah. I guess she still could. Cuz her and she, Sydney now lays down next to her. So, okay. Jill has Gail at gunpoint now. She's going to kill her cuz Jill Gail's like, "What about her book?" And she's like, "I guess I'm just going to write it myself." And then Gail's like, can I just have one last word? And she yells clear and Sydney electrocutes yeah. her brain. She goes clear. <laughs> and then Jill's like clear. And, and Sydney's like clear. Defibrillator oh. paddles her. She still does more murder stuff to her, right? Like that didn't kill her. No, right? it didn't kill her because they think she's dead and she gets up with a shard of glass. One more thing. And then she just gets shot right in. I guess she's the, like sternum. Yeah. They say shot in the heart, but it's so dead center. 
Yeah. I guess that one's really following the 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 trilogy rule still of the killer is like god tier and it's going to take way more to take always, them out. Always. Always. 5 it wasn't that bad. Oh, I just they mean like I just mean the, to get back up after you think they're dead. Oh yeah, but I mean she did it multiple times, many times. Yeah. Technically her going to the hospital is that That's moment. that's true. That's true. <laughs> but uh so they find the killer and Sydney lays down next to her and it's over. And there's vagueness on whether or not she survives, but Sydney does. And then that's it. What did you think of this one? Because I always put this at the bottom of my list. Um, I liked it enough. Weirdly enough, talking about it made me like it more, but I still think I like three more than it. I still think Kirby's my favorite Scream character. So you're putting it above three? Um... Mm, I think they're 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 kind of I like them for different reasons. I like how the newer ones have like a newer feel. That's kind of what I think separates it for me. I'm going to say yes, I'm going to put it above 3, but barely. I think I'm going to have it just below 3. Oh, that's fair. Cuz I still I liked it this time. I liked it more while we were talking about it and I was thinking about it. Yeah. But it never hit the same as you were. I think the whole evil cousin thing was stupid to me. And I didn't like that. And then the the nerdy best friend who just happened to be banging the hot girl because her boyfriend cheated on her. And even though he never got with her friend, somehow they decided murder was what was going to bring their genitals together. (laughs) It was definitely, it was the most of the four movies to to date we'll say to date like of that we've reviewed it was the sh- most shocking reveal it was the most shocking reveal uh two has the most convoluted one though yes or uh, three is pretty bad three can make sense two is the hardest one i to like get two, my head around still i like two as the direct sequel that it is but the killers know. were weird in that one yeah i do like though that slowly like the idea that there's gonna be a cult to it which is what I have heard six is going to be. Well, that'd be cool. It's built in sense too. It's like, it, it, does six have the original writer attached? I have to look. That would be very cool then if he was I reusing his out. idea. You know, that's what it feels like. I don't think he is because I think five and six are written by complete by different people completely. But all I can say is that two started it with um, what's his Mickey being like a obsessed with the crimes kind of fan that got into it with the cultiness. And then the fact that Jill wanted so badly to be like her cousin, that's pretty culty. Completely. They're trying to writing completely different, but Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) The writers. Um, but Jill trying to be like Sydney was pretty culty. And then Robbie was just another obsessed fan. Mm -hmm. And then five spoilers is obsessed fans. So I feel like it's, I feel like I'm right. I guessed it at the end of five. I think I called Jared and told him that even though he didn't care about it at all, that I had a feeling that they were going to go with the culty route four fought six or yeah. like, like if they, I not six, but like, I was like, if there's another one, I feel like this will be a good way for them to go. And like, I kind of called it. And yeah. I was, like, was kind of happy when I found out that it might be that way. So a month ago, they, an article said that, uh, Kevin Williamson uh, gave enthusiastic praise to Scream Sixes. I did hear that, that he was happy with it. That sounds good. But I like the new ones. 
I know that's like a weird controversial thing, but I like Um, them. I think if I had to actually put these in all order, I think I like the first one the best. I honestly, I might for rewatchability, I might like four better. I'm starting to kind of think that way too, that we've been talked about it. Like I always just didn't like it, did not like it because I didn't like Emma Roberts character. Yeah. But as a movie, it was probably closer to one than two or three were. I, yeah, I agree. And I think I put it just under one in rewatchability. Every one that is almost a direct ripoff of one is the one that I like the most. Yeah. Because I like five a lot, and five is nearly a direct ripoff. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm excited to finish that then. I'll watch I'll watch that one this weekend. All right. Well, that was our Scream review. How do you think of Scream? Three and four. Three and four. Or all of them. Just, just I don't know if we asked for that last time, because we were unaware of a situation that's going down. Um but if you do, if you're a fan of the screen movies, if you're a fan of us talking about movies, email us at darkrumstories at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at darkrumpodcast. Bye. And it says stay spooky. What's your favorite scary movie?